Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 847, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. Let's read the passage. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is Messiah. We're in this final week of the life of Jesus. It began on Sunday, Palm Sunday, with the triumphant entry. We had several encounters in the temple with people for healing and primarily with the religious leaders. He was with his disciples on the Mount of Olives for the final discourse. Then we had the anointing in Bethany, then Judas conspiring to betray Jesus, and then the Last Supper. And the highlights of the Last Supper were his prediction of the betrayal of Judas, and then the implementation of the Lord's Supper. Then they left that place and were en route to the Mount of Olives. And en route, he gives them this prediction that all of them would desert him, and specifically Peter would deny him three times. So we pick it up now in verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. So it says they went to the Mount of Olives. They've arrived at the Mount of Olives now. And he goes to this place called Gethsemane. Now, Gethsemane actually means oil press. And John calls it a garden in his gospel. So it's probably an olive garden. Just it has the name oil press because smash the olives and get olive oil out of it. And it's probably on the side of the Mount of Olives facing Jerusalem, where Bethany, where they've been going to spend each night, is on the opposite side of the Mount of Olives. You're supposed to stay within Jerusalem on the night of the Passover, and this side of the Mount of Olives will be considered within Jerusalem. So he takes them there, and he tells all of them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Verse 37, taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I'm deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. So he leaves most of them 
in one area. Now we know Judas is not with them, and he takes three with him. So the remaining disciples are left behind at some distance. We don't know how far, but he takes along Peter and the sons of Zebedee, which are James and John. These are the same three he took up on the Mount of Transfiguration, these three that we call the inner circle. He takes them along and asks them to stay awake with me. Now, why? The best explanation is he wants moral support. He wants them to be with him. He knows what's coming and it's very troubling. He says, I'm deeply grieved to the point of death. It'd be like saying, the stress is killing me. And, and, and that's exactly what's going on. He knows what's coming and it's very troubling. And he wants these three closest disciples with him to provide some companionship and support. And he says he's specifically going to pray and he wants them with him. Verse 39, going a little further, he fell face down and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So he has the three with him, but then he goes a little bit further. Now, how far? Probably not far enough that they don't know what's going on or can't hear him, but just separates himself from him a little bit and says he fell face down and prayed. This is just a extreme position of supplication to the Father, submission to the Father, this face-down prayer. And he asked if it's possible that this cup pass from me. A cup is a metaphor for suffering. And we often see it in the Old Testament used as a metaphor for God's wrath. And specifically, as we think about the cross, what's going on here? Jesus is taking the sins of the world upon him. He's basically suffering the wrath of God, separation from the Father, and it is suffering. So this is the cup he's talking about. Now, ironically, the three he has with him, Peter, who had just in the last section said, I will die with you. Basically, I will take this cup along with you. If you remember back in chapter 20, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, Mrs. Zebedee, came to Jesus and asked for her sons, James and John, to sit at Jesus' right hand and left hand. That was chapter 20, verse 22. Jesus answered, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? We are able, they said to him. So he's using the metaphor there of the cup. Now he's using the metaphor of the cup again and asking, are they able to do this? Well, Peter says, I'm willing to die. They say, we're willing to drink the cup. No, they're not. They're all going to abandon him very shortly. When he talks about the cup, he's talking about the wrath of God. He adds, but not as I will, but as you will. Verse 40, then he came to the disciples, found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he steps away from the three a little ways and is praying. Apparently he prayed for an hour. Comes back, finds him asleep. And so he rebukes Peter. Could you stay awake and pray? And he specifically says, so that you won't fall into temptation. It seems like he brought them along with him for 
their support, perhaps their prayer support. But now he's talking about praying for themselves so that they don't enter into temptation. What kind of temptation? Well, the temptation that they're all going to succumb to here very shortly, and that is to flee and abandon Jesus and for Peter to deny Jesus. He says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And by spirit here, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about basically your mind. He's talking about the conflict between physical weakness and the noble desires of the human will, where I want to do the right thing, but I fail. And they've all said they want to do the right thing, and they all will fail. Verse 42, again a second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping, because they could not keep their eyes open. So it, it repeats itself, and in these prayers he's basically asking, Can the cup pass for me? Is there a way around this? Because we're told with God all things are possible. But yet we also know within God's will, God's timeline, some things are not possible because that's the way God has set them up. But he says, and if it's not, your will be done. Verse 44, after leaving them, he went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. Some things here to, to think about. One is just an interesting parallel to the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer begins with, Our Father, who art in heaven. Well, here Jesus says specifically, My Father essentially the same as our Father. So often when we see Jesus praying, he just prays, Father. But here he specifically says, My Father. It makes it more personal. And it's actually a, a good parallel to the Lord's Prayer. And then in both of them, you see, Your will be done. We see the preeminence of God's will, the Father's will. His will is what's important. Now, question why is Jesus so upset? And we know he's going to suffer a terrible, horrible death, but there's been Christian martyrs throughout the ages who've had similar deaths, really terrible, horrible deaths, who've gone through it singing praises to God. And it seems, you know, to say it, but think, is Jesus wimpy here? Well, then we got to remember here is Jesus is not suffering martyrdom like Christians throughout history have done. Jesus' death is very unique. They've all gone to their deaths in the power of Jesus. That's why they're able to sing praises to God and go through these things. Jesus is going alone. He's going on his own. And it's more than just a terrible physical death. It is terrible physical death. It's designed to be a terrible physical death. That's why the Romans did it that way. It was meant to be a very strong deterrent to bad behavior. You see people go through this and you know, I don't want to go through that. So it is a terrible, violent, painful, humiliating death to go through. So we can't fault Jesus for not wanting to do this, but it's way more than that. It's more than just the physical death. What is happening on the cross? 
Jesus is dying as a substitute for sinners who deserve the wrath of God because of their sin. That's where he's going to experience that. We don't really understand it, but Jesus is going to experience the wrath of God. The cup he's talking about is suffering. Yes, it is death. But the Old Testament idea cup is the wrath of God, God's punishment on sinners. And however it works, and we don't really understand it, Jesus is taking this upon himself. And when he cries out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We see the separation of Jesus from the Father. Now, how's all that work? We don't understand it. We can't understand it. But we see it. And can we at least a little bit appreciate it? That this is way more than just incredibly gruesome, physically painful, humiliating death. This involves a very big spiritual reality. I mean, remember, that's the whole purpose of this, the spiritual aspect, that Jesus will suffer a substitutionary death for the sins of others. Jesus dying a sinner's death as the sinless one, taking the sins of the world upon himself and suffering separation from the Father. That's what we really need to appreciate in this situation in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is real. It's about to happen. And Jesus, in his humanity, is feeling it for real. And he desires the support of his disciples. But even at this, they fail. And so then he says, look, my betrayer is here. So Judas has arrived to betray Jesus. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.